Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and uh, welcome to our latest podcast in our series that's been running now for I think about five or six weeks. Um, we're going to continue with the theme of uh, people involved and uh, connected to uh, the women and girls game um, and absolutely delighted to welcome our, our latest um, person on the podcast who is Danny Warren. Welcome Danny. And, and and Danny uh, and I have been uh, trying our best to uh, navigate our way around uh, the internet and Zoom to uh, to make this uh, recording today. Danny's um, the current uh, regional director of women and girls cricket for London and the East Counties. Um, she's a coach, developer, and mentor. A former head of women's cricket at the MCC and a former cricketer uh, for Middlesex women, um, with bags of other experience as well. Uh, too long for me to mention, but hopefully uh, Danny in the, in the course of the next half an hour or so will get the opportunity to uh, wax lyrical about that. So, uh, so Danny, um, the first thing we always do on our podcasts is to kind of go back to when you first, very first started playing cricket. Um, and if you can perhaps paint the picture for all of us listening, uh, for all of us uh, who are listening, as to where that was, um, how that came to pass, and, and perhaps who influenced you in that uh, regard? Well, yeah, it, it's a very different world when I first started playing. Certainly a very different world in terms of women and girls cricket. And I and I, and I reflected um, when I was speaking to you before about how lucky I, I was that as a primary school um, girl, I was actually an area that had a local women's club, which you don't find very often. I, um, I, I, I tried any sport going, and I'm, I'm not someone who's come from a family of cricketers. We didn't go down to the local club to Um, people, really great players, really great um, 
managers and they encouraged me they were very involved with the running of the club um and a lot and there was a lot of collaboration between this club once um a few miles down the road the players were shared we played as many games as we could really um like you you forget what team you're playing for most of the time because it was the same the same people playing but in um in, in different places so as much as much quick as you could played a bit at secondary school within the school environment entered into some of the indoor competitions that um, the schools entered then but there wasn't a huge amount of cricket on on offer in a in an all girls secondary school back in the um, 1990s so um, that challenged me to go and find a, a club to play more serious cricket at um, and that took me over to uh, to Gunnersbury, who used to be based in Ealing, um, which wasn't far from where I lived. So it was a chance to, to to go over there and see what women's cricket were like. And I didn't really know that Gunnersbury were one of the best teams in, in, in the country, let alone the county, when I joined. So it was a really great opportunity to see some fantastic cricketers um, up close and personal. Um, might not have got a chance to play with them too often to start with, but um, that became the the goal and um, since then I've been involved at um, the cricket in Middlesex in some way shape or form for yeah, the, the, well I've probably 20 years since then. So so what um, what was it that you think that was the one thing or, or was it more than one thing that um, kind of drove that desire and hunger to challenge yourself more and to um, to move to that top club and, and then get um, you know more involved in uh, representative cricket at the age groups, and then obviously, um, you know, in the women's cricket setup. Yeah, I, I think I've always been pretty interested in how in watching people be successful at something. Um, always follow watch watch sports on TV. You idolise those that are successful. You 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 almost have those those dream moments, don't you? You see them put everything together, and it comes. It results in a win or a trophy or a or a, or a match or, or something like that. And and that's always been something I've been interested in, and it's something that I do invest in with other players. Is you want them to be able to feel those those moments of success. And I suppose when you, it's only when you start to look back on it, you probably realise that it's it's one of those it's one of those things in life that you do get almost immediate feedback on. You you know if you've been successful or if you haven't been successful when you're playing sport. You know when you've done well, and you know when you've done the opposite of, of well. And um, and I suppose is a, an emotion that, um, that that is nice to have at the times. You you spend a lot of your life working on projects that might you might never see come to fruition or see the success of. But in sport, you get that immediately when you're uh, when you're involved, and it's so uh, you you only get you get you get more of those emotions the more you play and the better you you try to be. And I think that's that's something that spurs you on to try and be the the best player that you can be to try and. Uh, compete against other players that have had huge levels of success and you want you want to mark her and it's um, it's a fantastic sort of yeah opportunity to to test yourself it was very amateur back then it was very amateur for the most the math, most part of my my playing career the, the the talk of professionalism only really came in over the last couple of years but that didn't stop players taking it as serious as they could and wanting to to better themselves you you had to invest a lot of time you had to invest a lot of money you had to invest a lot of effort um, and a lot of emotions into into being successful so it's um, yeah it, it drives you on everyone wants to be seen as having been successful and i suppose that would well one of those things and then certain moments where you've you, you your abilities have been questioned and you almost want to prove them wrong at times yeah i think that that um it comes through very clearly already um listening to you that 
um, from a young age, you had that that sort of desire to to wanting to improve and to better yourself, as you say. Um, and I think in any in any walk of life, sport or otherwise, um, own, owning that uh, kind of desire, that motivation uh, to wanting to improve um, probably sets a lot of people apart, you know, from good, good from great type of thing. And um, clearly, you know, you, you've had um, a very successful career, not just uh, as a player, but also, as I'm sure we'll, we'll hear in a, in a short while, um, more in an administrative and coaching and mentoring uh, role. But just before we move from um from moving you know from your career as a player to more as a, a coach, what um were you always a bowler or um did you also bat when you were younger and and what was it that kind of influenced you or persuaded you to to go with one rather than the other? Um, I suppose like every player when I was younger, I did a bit of everything. I'm, I there were plenty of games where I kept wicket. Um, Probably wasn't the most natural one, but I would still I would still happily do it for a for a social club if someone asked me because it's um, it's good fun every now and again. Um, though I have no idea how keepers deal with taking helmets on and off during a game because it it, it took me hours to do. Um, but um, yeah, like, everyone wants to contribute in the best way they can. I suppose one of my bigger regrets around the game is that I didn't spend enough time wanting to bat. Um, I I certainly would love to in the latter part of my career really wanted to, but. Um, and it's something we see with a lot of the girls that you work with that almost the the, the fear of failing and the fact and how how you know how final getting out is and losing your wicket and the influence it has on the team how that affects people's wish and love for that part of the sport and you know, you, you you want to be able to, to contribute the simple answer was I was quite good at bowling and therefore I got more opportunities to do it um, you you do get away with a little bit more but you you also find it harder to influence the team at times. I suppose you, you get forgotten about this. There's the same the bowlers win matches, don't they? But um, but batters get the headlines, and it's um, it's one of those cases. You you take one or two wickets at a key moment. It don't, the the slightly educated will understand what it means. Those who are on the outside will always look at the person who scored 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 big uh, with the bat. So I suppose it's um it, it's almost a bit like I, I like doing a bit of the bit of the hard work behind the scenes and um, and and the, the
expose yourself to facing more balls? How do you deal with the pressure when you're out there? Because you're not going to suddenly turn it on when you walk out at, at, at the higher level. You need to work at it lower down, and that that's probably a, a, a an area that I fell fell slightly short on in not finding those opportunities when I when I could have done. So um, may, maybe it's still an opportunity for you to to uh, to get the bat out in um, in some capacity uh, to to fulfil those uh, those. Uh, those dreams and those ambitions that you clearly still have, uh, but if if there were one wicket, um, just one wicket that you took that gave you the greatest sense of satisfaction, um, what would it be? Who would it have been? That, that should be the easiest question, but honestly, it's one of the hardest questions because I, 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 I don't, I, I don't really recall too many wickets at, at the at the time. It's more about the the team and and how that goes. I, I, I used to love opening the bowling because, okay, I wasn't rapid, I, I didn't scare anybody, but I, there was a little bit of movement with the newborn, and I and I like that, but I also really like the impact and influence that could have on your team if you were, if you led from the front. I I liked being able to bowl the first ball of the game, if, and that could be the tone set for the rest of the, for the rest of the innings, and hopefully the rest of the match, and, and I suppose it there's, there's nothing more satisfying for a new ball bowler than to take a wicket with the with the new ball. A, you're you're getting out someone who's considered to be one of the biggest threats in the opposing team, but you're also getting out um, get doing your job in leading from the front and creating that um, that um, atmosphere and that confidence within your within the rest of the team. So I, I don't I don't honestly have a, a favourite. I don't. There's no ball that um, that I recount. There's there's a few that I was really pushed. I'd probably just end up name dropping because you, you sound like you're doing it because you've got somebody um, who who could do damage to your to your team out but it's um, it, it was more the, the the timing of getting wickets is always important to me and um, you, there's nothing more pleasing than getting them when your team is is under the pump or you're um, you're really struggling to turn the game around or like I said at, at the top of the innings to try and get um, get some sort of um, momentum going early on. I think you've already alluded to the fact that um, those people who perhaps are uh, perhaps, you know, more educated, I think was the word you used, but sort of more knowledgeable about the game. And um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that description befits um, the majority of people that, um, that follow us and listening to these podcasts. So I think uh, your point about you know, when you take the wickets as a bowler, um, and also you alluded to the fact that you know you might take a couple of wickets, but it's the the batters who get the glory. I think there's in the it'd be interesting to get your your take on this um, in terms of wearing your coaching hat, um, particularly in relation to performance pathway for for maybe under fifteens to under eighteens girls, um, and uh, and whether you know you're picked or selected to be a bowler, um, you don't take five wickets but you might take one wicket and that wicket might have been the most um sort of influential moment in the game which doesn't doesn't stand out on the score sheet um or you know on play cricket um but you know as the coach and the players know that that one wicket um actually turned the game or was a very significant moment in shifting momentum so how how does that factored in uh, from a performance management point of view as a coach that you that you're you're part of in, in either a, a negative way and it's um 
it's you, you look at them sorry it's not just with the ball it can be with the back it can be with the field I, and that's one of the things that we talk to the young players about almost until we're, we're bored of ourselves is that the influence you can have in the field you mm. how many times have you seen somebody give away an easy single or or, or stop a stop a second run and then something happens the next ball mm. um it's um, it's the it's the knock on effect that things can have and understanding how how pressure can get built because um, I, I know speaking with um, our head coach at Sunrises at the moment, Trevor Griffin, that one of the key things is about is about who's under pressure and you want the opposition to be under pressure the majority of the time. You don't want yourselves to be under it. So it's it's not rocket science at the end of the day in cricket. It's it's all about um, about, about doing your job better than the than the team that are out there. And um, yeah, when when you talk about it with the ball, that is. We said earlier, bowlers don't always get the headlines that they deserve until they they take a hat trick that wins the wins the county championship or a five for or, or something like that. But it's um it, it's a role that you you want to get people to to thrive to to take on. And I I, I always thought that when people ask at the beginning of the season, what's your what's your goal? What are your targets? And people and, and if someone comes back and says a number of wickets, um. I'll, I'll always automatically challenge them because there's something you can't control. Like it's very easy to stand there and say, "I want to take 20 wickets this season." Now, if you take, you might bowl 20 wicket-taking balls, but the keeper drops every single one of them, and you can't do anything about that. But my my aim was always to bowl the maximum number of overs I was allocated in a match, and if I did that, I knew I was doing my job for the team because we we weren't short of quality to make up for it. If I was if I was having a shocker then I wouldn't be expecting the captain to let me keep going. Mm. I wouldn't be... I'd, I'd be hoping that would because I was there to bowl. But if I was having a shocker, I should be sent to go and graze out in the outfield, not to, not giving the ball to um, to keep giving runs away. So my measure of success, and certainly in latter years, because it took a, maybe took a little bit of maturity and time to, to get to this point, was did I come out of a match having bowled the maximum allocation that I could? Did I bowl my full 10? In a 50 match, did I bowl my full four in a T20 match? Like, and we yeah, we didn't we didn't play in multi multi day matches. But again, it would have been a similar thing. Was the captain going to turn around and say to me, "You're the one that I want to, to bowl this"? And it's and it's almost like just looking at and thriving on that opportunity to to, to do something for the team. And it, it might be it was I can think of a number of partnerships I really enjoyed bowling in because. Those partnerships were. It might be that the person the other end was taking the wickets, yeah. but we we knew that the other person was influencing it for us, mm. and they they were enjoyable because it is ultimately a team game. Ultimately, as a bowler, yes, you can probably, you can dismiss people. I think on yourself on my head in two in two ways, which doesn't involve anybody else. But you can't you can't. They've got another not eight to nine or seven or eight now. They've changed it to having people out that involve somebody else in the team so you can't you can't be too wrapped up in your own um, in your own stats and in your own um, in your own performances as long as you're contributing and ultimately it's about the team the team winning again yeah i think uh, very well put again i think uh, cricket is that um that unique sport where it is a team environment but individuals can influence things quite considerably whether it's batting bowling or fielding or keeping so um, all disciplines uh, can play a major part, um, as we as we all know. So, so tell us and describe for us a little bit how you 
got drawn to the the art of coaching and have spent um, you know a significant amount of time over the last few years involved in uh, women and girls cricket um, in and around London and the and the South East. Yeah, it's interesting to use the phrase art of coaching as something we say the science of coaching, but that might be the next the next podcast to, to discuss is that, that that might reflect how the game has changed as well over the last few years that we we we're shifting more from from yeah the the, the, the nice picture look to the statistical side of things. But um, I, I when I was saying earlier about maybe one of my criticisms of myself when I was playing was I didn't find enough time to to play more cricket. Uh, it was it was probably because I was busy doing other things in the game and I and I thought oh I have an influence on on other players. Um, Maybe I should have should have um, been a bit bit more selfish. But when I when I was at uni, I um, I started doing some chance to shine coaching. I um I did my level two, and I and I didn't want to spend some money, so I said to the um, the women's development manager at um, Middlesex at the time, I said, I'll tell you what, if I if I do this course, can I get some money off if I come and coach one of the girls' sides? Um, I said, I don't, I don't really know why I why I did that other than trying to save some money. But I also had an interest in in coaching and wanted to get involved, and I've been ever since that year 2008 or something like that I've been involved in some way shape or form with um with the age groups in the county so it was um it was um it, yeah it was a probably a, a by chance um opportunity to to get involved but it was it's certainly been an incredibly enjoyable and I've learned an awful lot but the, the weird thing about it is that you and the way the game was at the very beginning as someone who was a player and had played, you you were seen as the most experienced person in the room. Um, the, the other people involved were parental volunteers, who in most cases weren't weren't that involved in cricket, other than their daughter was there and somebody needs to coach the side. So, I I spent quite a lot of my coaching career not necessarily having coaches around me that you worked with and you felt you you learnt a lot from. But I was so fortunate that I had that as a player, so I was able to take everything I saw my own training sessions and the, the great things I saw in some of the coaches that I worked with and put them into what I, I felt I wanted to be like as a coach and um, very much that we, we need to experiment, have a go, create opportunities um, for, for learning within within the group and it's, um, and it's kind of grown, grown over time. I, I'm, I'm probably I'm not going to be able to coach as much as I have done in the past now, but I did pull my tracksuit on a couple of times before lockdown kicked in to to help out at um, a couple of our regional observation sessions, and, it, and it's really enjoyable. You you see, like I said earlier, about the the, the immediate feedback you get, and I, I think that's what coaching gives gives you when you when you sit in a day day to day job that's very strategic and long term, and you you might not see see immediate outcomes. It's, it is nice in coaching to see that smile on a player's face when they when they get something when they make that breakthrough. Um, it's challenging because it gives you, um, it, it presents you with problems that you need to try and solve. And I think it's a, it's a. I would encourage every single player um, to to do some sort of coaching whilst they're playing because I think it it does give you those skills and ability to think on your feet a bit when you've got a young player asking you things or a group of young players asking you things and you've got to come up with the answer. It, it's not not much different to walking out into the middle and um, someone's bowling at you and you, you need to figure out how to get out of that situation or how to thrive in that situation. So it's um, it's something I would encourage any player to, to do. You learn a lot about the game. You learn a lot about yourself. Um, I found it made me a better player because it, it did give me a chance to almost step back and look at how things worked. Um, and, um, and yeah, I, I now 
seeing other coaches and working with other coaches who are going through that journey and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have more opportunities going forward to, to, to get involved myself but again that's probably going full circle I, I went from player to coaching um, and now I'm going from, from coaching to, um, to working with and looking after other coaches as well what um what would you say that um you your style of um of support um in your current role how would you describe that if so, if someone were to um say oh yeah yeah what Dan, Danny's like what Danny's style is fill in the blank for us what what would it be first of all don't ask anyone so I don't really want to know um, but um, I, I I'm the kind of person that believes that we can we can find a way to do virtually anything um, and it's it's not a no we can't do that it's okay why do we need to do that why is that important and we'll find a way to do it um, and if that's Trevor coming to me and asking for asking for another resource if it's one of the talent managers coming to me and suggesting something that we do that there will always I, I will always ask why um, to start with um, just if, if, if it's it might be because I don't quite understand why it might be because I just deliberately want to challenge them and get them to articulate it, it to me because it's a, it's a big thing for me is knowing exactly why you're doing something and uh, what you're aiming to get out of it and, and how it how it fits with our with I guess with our our central values and is it the right thing to, to do so I'm, I'm certainly a, a believer in we can make things happen and we're we're not constrained just by the the four walls or the 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 rules that we we have around us. We can find a way to to do anything that we want, and hopefully, most of my staff would say that. Or staff or people that I work with would say that that's the that's the attitude that I, that I bring, and it's the attitude I like and I'd like them to bring, and I see them bring. It is if yeah if if we don't if we don't solve it the first time, we'll solve it the second time or third time, and eventually uh, get get to a point where we we're very satisfied with the outcome. I think uh, one of our uh, previous um, or previous people I've spoken to earlier in the summer when we were doing kind of web, uh, webinar chats, um, you, you might know him actually, uh, uh, Dr. Mike Rotherham, um, who was the senior sports psychologist uh, with England women's team when they won the World Cup in 2017. So he worked with Mark Robinson and the, and the team. And he, he described cricket as a, as a game for problem solvers. Uh, and uh, by that he meant on the field and off the field. Uh, and you just pretty much in your own words said the same thing uh, that it's you know finding a way finding a solution finding an outcome um, and you know that that's the only way that uh, things will move forward and move on uh, just um, one one more thing in, with the time we've got left um, Danny um, I was going to ask you really in terms of summing up your whole experience as a player and as a coach and now in the role you are if if um you're speaking to and there will be uh, i know people listening who are both parents and um you know young teenage uh, players um wanting to to get your insight into this what would you recommend uh, would be their best way of getting uh, those that most valuable experience in a club environment so i'm not talking here about uh, p- pathways in the county system um, as such i'm talking within a club environment so let's say it's um somebody who like yourself didn't get much in the way of cricket competitive cricket at secondary school but there's a club where there's uh, there's maybe one or two clubs in close proximity where there's a a girl's side b a boy's side but uh, would welcome a girl or a couple of girls in the side uh, see um, a mixed team but then there's also at the age of 14 15 the opportunity to play senior cricket both 
uh, women's and or men's. Um, wh- what would your advice be to those those people or those those youngsters in that category? Yeah, when you say experience, I, I think there's two aspects you can take there. One being the, the cricket and the actual um, the, the sporting experience. I suppose the other one being that 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 psychosocial experience that you can you can get out of it. And uh, but they they both go hand in hand ultimately. The the reason we're we're in sports is because it's something that um, that is so rewarding for for everyone as individuals. So I I, I would say that we're any opportunity you can have, the, the more invested you become in something, the, the greater reward you get, um, both in terms of what you learn, what you get back, the friends that you make, the, um, the, the opportunities to, to go to new places that, that you get. Uh, but also as a cricketer, the, the more games you can play, the more, the, the more experiences you have. And then every time you do something in the future, it goes back to that experience and you've got uh, something in the bank to... To, to go back to um, and like you you said about problem solving with the more you can only solve problems if you go and find them can't you if you mm. if you play one game a week you'll get presented with a couple of problems if you play three four games a week you're going to get presented with three four times the number of problems and the the experience of solving those I think I, as I said earlier one one thing that when I've reflected over my time and I certainly wouldn't change anything because I've had a, a fantastic um, journey so to speak so far in the game and I'm very happy with, with where it's taken me is I, I should have played more when I was younger mm. um, I should have played uh, in different environments I should have taken a step back when I needed to to work on different aspects of my game um, but then I suppose the most important thing to, to put into play and this does start to go slightly into the into the pathway and the performance side is, is is have have a good have a really clear idea of what you want to get out of every game you play. Mm. In if you're going to go and play at different levels in different teams, don't just be a number on the team sheet. Make sure you know what you're trying to get out of it for for the team, but also for your development. If you're going as a bowler, then go as a bowler and do everything you can to make sure you're bowl, bowling the most number of balls that help the team. If you're going as a batter, get in there, knuckle down, and don't don't regret a, um, a poor decision early on so it's um, I, I would say it's all about yeah take take as many opportunities as you can get immerse yourself in as much as you can if you're if you're a little bit older and you're at the club go, give some time back to it um it it sounds a bit corny but the those who if you give something back to a club if you start to volunteer whether it's working with the younger age groups like a 14 year old go go be an activator go and go and work with the the all-stars go go and um help out in the kitchen or something because it gives you a sense of belonging but it also teaches you an awful lot about what goes on behind the scenes and like, there's a lot of people who will happily pay their subs play a game and go home again and don't appreciate quite how much work goes into making those um those four or five hours possible for them and the more a player at the young age understands that i think the more you're going to get out of the game as you grow up and the more it will feel part of your life and Ultimately, all we really want is someone who, whether they're playing, watching, volunteering themselves, coaching, umpiring, whatever it might be, if every girl that I've coached in, some, in 10 years' time is still involved in the game, then we've done something pretty well. A fantastic, um, I think a fantastic legacy that would be uh, for uh, for you and for anybody involved in uh, in women's uh, and girls cricket or cricket as a whole, to be honest with you. Um, and many, many wise words, I think, in, in how you answered that question. Um, I think uh, on behalf of everybody, I'd like to thank you for your time and your uh, and your words of wisdom. You come across as somebody 
um, not only as a leader, but also as somebody who's very team oriented, uh, someone who's constantly looking to improve themselves, but also help others improve themselves at the same time. Um, and I would imagine uh, will be a, a massively uh, influential role model for, uh, for people around you, both um, coaches and players. So um, thank you ever so much, Danny. Um, we will be releasing um, the, the, this podcast um, on a Friday uh, in the next few weeks, um, and it will be available for people to listen to on Apple, Google and Spotify. So thank you ever so much again, Danny Warren.